Thanks so much, Abby, and thank you, Jack, for the reading of Scripture. Thank you, Ben, for leading us this morning in worship. Welcome, everyone, to Bethany, large Bethany this morning, and some of you are here in the sanctuary, some are across the street, I know, as well, in the chapels. Many of you are worshiping online. It's an honor and privilege for us to gather together in this uh, monumental occasion of passing a torch of leadership, which is always a good thing. And at the same time, we're continuing our series of encouraging one another. And so uh, I invite you now to pray with me, and then we'll look at what God has to say to us, the text. Father, thank you so much that we can gather uh, in order to be people of encouragement, but we gather not only to pour out encouragement to one another through fellowship, but to receive encouragement from you and from one another. And I pray that your spirit would teach us toward that end, that even as that has been a hallmark of Bethany for decades, uh, that that would continue in the days ahead. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Proverbs 12.25 says this, Anxiety in a heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. I have a box that I've kept in my office for uh, now 26 years here at Bethany Community Church. And every time one of you would send me like a kind note or word of encouragement, I would drop that in the box. Uh, If you send me a critical note, I'd read it, but then I'd burn it, actually. (laughs) But the kind notes always went in the box, and the box accumulated over the years. I mean, 26 years is a long time. It's overflowing, honestly. And uh, that's a big deal, actually. Uh, That's Proverbs 12. That's a testimony to you. Uh, a good word makes a heart glad. And you have made me glad for many years. That is the ministry of encouragement. And that's what I want to talk about in our time together uh, this morning. A couple of uh, axioms at the outset to kind of frame this. Encouragement is not flattery. They're very different things. Flattery is superficial, dishonest, political, offered with the intent either to falsely soothe someone or perhaps uh, use someone. But the word encourage is a very interesting word in the English. Scott will get into the Greek here in a few minutes. But in in English, the word simply means to put courage in to someone. In other words, the recipients of courage find the strength to do something. And so I want you to know, Bethany Community Church, that you have been that to me. You've given me the courage uh, to continue. Uh, some of you know, the first year here was stellar. We grew from 300 to 200 in one year. That doesn't happen to everybody, you know. And so at the end of a year, I remember uh, uh, feeling pretty bummed and going to the board and saying, maybe I belong in the mountains, maybe I'm the wrong guy. And the board literally encouraging me, saying, <laughs> sorry, I see a board member. (laughs) And then it's a little more emotional, you know, but people going, oh, no, you're the right person. And we're with you. And we'll be with you. I just want to thank you for that. You've given me courage to continue. I gave a five-year commitment. And I made it five years, a few times over. So that's all good. But for us to continue to be people of encouragement, uh, there's three principles that I want to articulate here this morning. The first is this. In, the foundation of encouragement always begins with the words of Jesus on the cross. Jesus said, it is finished. And when he said that, what he meant was the beginning of a new reign of hope was inaugurated on the cross. Jesus 
offered a new trajectory for history, a trajectory where we now know the end of the story will be every dividing wall broken down, every relationship reconciled, every injustice uh, uh, made, made right, every disease healed, every tear dried, every, every loneliness and anxiety and, 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 and fear and lust and idol banished so that we all live all of humanity, all of creation in the shalom that God intends. Jesus inaugurated that on that day, and yet the challenge that all of us face, of course, is though we know it is finished, and we know, though we know that Jesus has won, we live in a very divisive time. We live in a time when we don't yet see all things subject to him, as it says in Hebrews chapter 2. We see disease, we see poverty, we see, we see division, we see loss, we see fear, we see anxiety. We, we see conspiracy theories, we see polarization, and, and, and so the question on the table then becomes, how, you know, how do we live as people of encouragement when we see all this? And again, we must begin with the reality that Jesus has inaugurated this because it is finished, offers us an entire new trajectory to history that enables us to live now as people of hope, even in the midst of division, even in the midst of our own failures, even in the midst of our own shames, we can still live as people of hope. And I want you to know that's what I've seen all over the world uh, through the people of Bethany as we've gone out. What a treat to see in Rwanda uh, people dancing who have come through a genocide and people forgiving one another and do the hard work of reconciliation. What a joy to meet with our uh, partners of the Aurora Commons and see people uh, given dignity and see people celebrating and see, see people engaged in a life of hope as image bearers of the Creator in the midst of being unhoused. Wow, that's remarkable. That tells me that encouragement is possible. I've seen the same thing in Costa Rica. I've seen the same thing at UW. I've seen the same thing at Seattle Pacific, in Ballard, on Finney Ridge. In many of your homes, thank you. Encouragement, not because we've arrived, but because we know where we're going. So it begins with it is finished, but then we must live out from the encouragement that we receive in Christ. And we live out from that by continually receiving encouragement directly from God, by reminding ourselves, as I try to do every day, I'm complete in Christ. I'm adopted, I'm called, I'm forgiven. I, I have a calling, I'm given, I'm given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so as I become rooted and grounded in love, I now have something to give. But I cannot give what I do not have. So it always begins with receiving, and we receive, to be blunt, not just through uh, the text and what Jesus directly says to us, we also receive uh, through the body of Christ. And, and words of, of affirmation, right? And so our calling is to receive those words of affirmation and allow those words to penetrate our own hearts. Some of us are better at giving encouragement than receiving it. And we don't want to believe that we're okay. And we don't want to believe that what people have to say to us. It's vital that we be recipients of encouragement. And when someone affirms us, we receive it so that we are then built up and able to give to others. This becomes very, very important in all of our lives. There was a moment uh, when th the, the future of this very building hung in the balance, and my buddy Jim McClurg and I were over at a Starbucks uh, uh, around the other side of Green Lake, and the chairman of our then building committee, and I said, it's too expensive, we've waited too long, the permit's too delayed, uh, we, we can't do this. And I'll never forget, it's, it was a word of encouragement, though an exhortation. The building chair pounded the table at Starbucks and pointed at me. He said, Richard, 
God is in this. God has been in this. You're anointed. You're called. God's doing great things. Step up and lead, man. And I was like this, okay. And here we are. Not because of me, but because of you and the body and the gifts of encouragement give to one another. And so as we receive encouragement, because it is finished, then we become intent on actively encouraging others. When Moses, in the book of Exodus, was tired, he had two guys, Aaron and Hur, that kind of held up his arms so the battle could continue, right? There was an important battle. I won't get into it today, but it's just another thing. The, the point in the moment is that Moses was tired and two people held up his arms. And that was encouraging to Moses and ultimately encouraging to the whole community because it enabled Moses to f- fulfill and continue in his calling. And I will say to you, uh, Bethany, you have for 26 years held up my arms in, you know, too many ways to count. Words of encouragement, absolutely. A whole box full of those. Gifts of hospitality. And most significantly for me, most significantly shared experiences. From Africa to symphonies at Benaroya to Seahawk games at CenturyLink to the summit of Rainier to the backwoods of Nepal to backyard meals from Ballard to Bellevue from Billingham to Tacoma. (laughs) I mean, thousands of moments where you held up my arms. So I can only say thank you. And if I want to call Scott up now, I can, I'll say this. I remember a moment 26 years ago when my predecessor, and Scott, you can come up now, my predecessor uh, called me up at my installation service, and he said to me, Richard, I hand off to you the greatest congregation of the city of Seattle. So Scott, brother, I say the same to you the greatest congregation in the city of Seattle. Take him and lead. All right. Thank you, Richard. Most of you are like, man, I wish I didn't have to get up after Richard preaches. So, hey, it's our celebration of encouragement. You're here, and that's an encouragement to me. And uh, we've been calling this a celebration, not only of encouragement, which is our text for the day, but this service exactly being a, a celebration of faithfulness. And so as we get started, I just want to say a huge thank you to the faithful ones. I want to start with Richard, Donna, their faithfulness for decades to love this community, even as it changed and and grew from one to six locations. Uh, So faithful. I want to say a huge thank you to my wife, Heather, who's been so faithful. We started this journey of being pastors, uh, you know, 11 years ago, and, and just such a joy to see Christ together and seek our our uh, relationship together. You are the best human being I know. Um, to, the, to the many different uh, congregants that are here, like I'm so grateful for the way that you faithfully see Christ in all the different contexts. And the different Bethanies are so different. It's so beautiful for us a few times, uh, you know, a decade, I guess, just to pause and just to look around and say, look what God has done. You are the faithful ones. I want to look today at this text that, as you've heard, is our primary text from 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just in fact, as you already are doing. I want to say for me, two core ideas that arise from this text. First, for you all, Bethany, you'll never encourage others if you haven't experienced encouragement first and ongoing. 
And then secondly, I want to say this, that as you encourage others through Christ, you'll become the very light to a world desperately hoping to believe again. Let's look here at the beginning. You'll never encourage others if you haven't experienced encouragement first and ongoing. Encouragement from the Greek that Paul's using here in Thessalonians is a really great word. It's called parakaleo, singular Greek word, but it's built of two words. First, para, to be near, kaleo, the called, the commissioned by faith in Christ. It's a pretty cool word, parakaleo, which means to be near the called, to be present with the commissioned. As we all know, it goes without saying, I'll say it anyway, we just came through this great season of discouragement. I want you to hear me, church, that God is intent to bring us back in again to encourage us. And at a very basic level, to be encouraged, we must receive encouragement. We can't give away that which we have not yet experienced or experienced in new ways. And so in many ways, as I've been studying the text this week, I've been thinking, wow, the senior pastor role is really kind of the leader of encouragement. And in this season, above all else, Christ is asking us to press into his spirit again, to be refilled, to be encouraged, to have him renew our inner life. Christ wants to encourage you again and again and again. He wants you to be full of his Holy Spirit, to be encouraged privately in prayer and confession and adoration, seeking God. And then together, corporately, when we seek God as a community, it's why church matters so much. And so I want to, I want to call you back to encouraging environments, to all six of our Bethany locations, to be in areas that encourage your faith. The church has never been more important. Jesus is calling us to more. He wants to encourage you. He wants to bring you to life. He wants to send you on a journey of Christian discipleship. He wants you to be a repair of broken things. He wants you to be a chain breaker. He wants you to start a movement in the city. But first, He wants to encourage your heart. Before you do anything, you must receive the encouragement available for all through Christ. Romans 5 promises that God gives endurance and encouragement. And Jesus himself in John 16, he says, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. Be encouraged. I've overcome the world. Richard said recently in one of our videos, he said, there's never been a harder time to be the senior pastor. And I was listening like, hmm, thank you, I guess. Like, right. Uh, But let me just turn it for you. Maybe it's never been harder to be a congregant of a church. Maybe it's never been a harder time to say I'm a Jesus follower in a city of Seattle. Uh, We know all that's working against being Christians. And so in the name of Jesus, we denounce the division as anti-Christian. Remember what Jesus says. We say it anew. As you love one another, so the world will see that my love is alive in them. And so this is why it's so important in this season, why the the world desperately needs to see the church activated. Uh, It's our responsibility to, to be filled with encouragement of Christ. And secondly, I want to say this. If we'll encourage others through Christ, small, practical encouragements, you'll become light to a world desperately hoping to believe again. I believe it's our responsibility, Bethany, to help people believe again, believing in Christ and believing in Christ's people, our church. And so when we encourage, we're laying a foundation for God to build upon. They go together, Paul says, encouraging and building. Remember the verse, build others up. It's core work of being Christian. But this is a hard truth. And so I want to say something hard to you if you'll receive it. There is no neutral state here. You're either encouraging or discouraging people around you. Choose one. You'll either be encouraging in your relationships, your workplace, your church environment, or discouraging 
It's a choice that God gives us. And as those trying to change this city, we must choose life. We must choose light. It's, who's, it's who Christ has built us to be. Right before this encouragement piece in 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says, hey, you have this identity as light bearers. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, the gospel is egalitarian here. You're all children of the light. So for us, Bethany, if we're in Christ, we have this gift of encouragement that's residing in us, this lightness that we need to be able to access, be able to pour into the world around us. What does it mean to be light? I mean, it's, it's kind of Christianese. What does it really mean? There was a recent article in Christianity Today saying, being a light to the world isn't what you think. It captivated my attention. Built upon some recent Barna research, it says this, that 45% of adults in America right now say they feel lonely. 46% say they feel depressed. Uh, 50% are burned out and 51% uh, are experiencing anxiety. Uh, Not very encouraging, right? The article continues, and this is what I really need you to hear. The churches that are flourishing in this particular season are flourishing because they've created safe havens where people can be real and seek encouragement from places of vulnerability. So we don't encourage from a place of veiled duplicity or Pollyanna. No, our encouragement comes from being humble, authentic presence in people's life. And so let's get real with one another. That's a legacy of Bethany, seeking God in humble obedience. When Heather and I came to Bethany in 2003, the little brick building across the way, it was this authentic Christianity where other humble people were seeking God. They said, we can make a home here. We were in our 20s. We never left. Because here at Bethany, we say in essentials, unity and non-essentials, liberty, but in all things, charity. There's an invitation for people to grow and witness this generosity of grace. I want to encourage you, Bethany, that our diversity is actually a strength. There's somebody on your left or the right that doesn't believe the exact same thing with you, about you as some key divisive issue. And that's okay. Our diversity becomes our breadth and depth and reach into the city. Because when we, the church, are commissioned as lights, we begin to change the world for God's sake. We become encouragement for God to build upon. At Bethany North, recently we handed over a property that we transformed over seven years ago, eight years ago now, to a new renter, Black Coffee Northwest. But before it was a coffee shop, it was a strip club called Sugars, a place of incredible darkness. And the people of this church, and, and particularly from Bethany North, they transformed it from strip club to church offices and coffee shop. And every year from that location, we would do a coat drive where congregants from Bethany would bring new hats and gloves and coats and scarves over several weeks in the fall or early winter. And then we would set up a shopping day where we had set up coat, you know, racks of new goods and mirrors for people to, to kind of see how they looked. It's one of the highlights of our ministry year, this coat drive. Well, a few years back, it was shopping day. And as I watched as one of our Bethany attenders outfitted a woman who I'll call Barbara with a new coat and hat and gloves. And we knew this woman a bit. She was in part of our Bible study. My friend Leif was leading at the time. And she turns and she looked at me and she said, Pastor, um, this is the first new coat I've ever owned. First new coat I've ever owned. And that's kind of hitting me and, you know, kind of like, whoa, okay. I've owned, I've owned many for my place of privilege. This was her first. And then she grabbed me and said something I'll never forget. She said, don't I look beautiful? I look beautiful. This woman, mid to late 60s, had been in house for quite a while. A woman of great need. Beautiful, 
from a gift of a coat. Wow, wow, beautiful. And that's what God does with encouragement. He builds upon our little acts of generosity or kindness, this choice we make, and he builds something beautiful, restorative. We can never do it on our own. One of my favorite movies, River Runs Through, I was just watching it last week, and we can love completely without complete understanding. I want to turn that for us. We can encourage completely without complete understanding what God will do with that moment. It's like, it's just a choice. We're not the author and perfecter of the faith. He is. And so we're called to encourage and trust God with what the outcomes is. Now, all of our situations are different. Many of you aren't serving on Aurora right now, but it's the opportunity to change a diaper with a generosity of spirit with the little one instead of being begruntled. It's going into the workplace tomorrow at Boeing or Amazon or Starbucks to say, I can be an encouragement as an employee or as a manager. Every one of our stories is different, but your commission today, that's how we practically become the light to the world around us, building bridges through empathy and relationship and connection. And so I want to commission you, the people of God today, to go into the world encouraging others. Because when you, the people of this church, live lives authentically seeking Jesus, you become an encouragement to the world around you. You, As you experience God, as you're filled with his spirit, you have have something to pour into the people around you. And as you lean in, our churches become these centers of encouragement, becoming lights uh, together. Remember what Paul says in Ephesians 5, wake up and Christ will shine on you. And so I just want to speak that encouragement over us. May we wake up so Christ would shine into our lives, into our homes, into our workplaces, into our worlds, not just on you, but through you in a world desperately needing light. This becomes our witness. This is our parakaleo moment to be near the called, to be part of the encouragement. This is our legacy. May you go into the city as Christ's encouragement. So I want to call the band back out here, and we'll continue in song in just a moment, but I want to move us to a moment of prayer. And I actually am going to pastor you now a bit, because I want to invite you to enter into a time of prayer right now. If you would, just bow your heads with me at home or here in the sanctuary, across the way, over in the chapel. I want you to to get comfortable, bow your heads. And I want you to, this morning, receive an encouragement that only the Spirit of God can provide you. We see in that article from that I quoted earlier, this, this age of anxiety, this age of discouragement. For some of you, that's not just an article written around the world. That's been your story this year. So let's enter into a time of prayer together. Now, Holy Lord God, we, your people, come to sit before you again. God, we are grateful for the thousands of years that humans have called upon you. But here in this time and place, God, in 2021 in Seattle, we, we call in a new and fresh way. Lord God, would you encourage our hearts? Lord God, would you rain down your spirit upon us? We know that even now, God, there are people in this room or listening to this message that are quite lonely that are quite discouraged. It was a lot to even come to church and they can see more broken with our fellowship than whole. We know that, God. We don't run from that. But by the power of your name and covered by your blood and your resurrection, which is we declare not our significance, but yours. Not not our senior past transition, but, but you're, God, you're the senior pastor of this fellowship. You're the leader. But God, would you encourage us again, the people desperately ready to be lights. 
Lord, we want to feel your presence. We want to experience your lightness. Thank you, God. Thank you. For just a moment to sit with you and be reminded. Thank you that you've overcome this world. Thank you that you give us free access to your encouragement. As we pray, some of us may feel moved to just open our hands, open them wide on your lap where you sit praying. Or if it feels appropriate, you can, you can lift a hand up, like make some motion to the Lord God who loves you, that you want to experience his encouragement today. Just make a move for him. This is for him alone. Make a move that you want to be filled again. Jesus, we love you. We love you. Thank you. We love you. Thank you. Fill us. Encourage us. Thank you that you call us the beautiful ones, the beloved. In your name we pray. Amen.